Hey everybody, and welcome to That Will Never Work. I'm sure you've heard that expression, it takes money to make money. Well, is that true? Well, that's what today's guests, Lauren and Jen, are trying to figure out. They're the co-founders of Design Hive, a Los Angeles-based edutainment company that puts on small group STEAM workshops for kids and adults. They've bootstrapped their company so far and they've pulled off a small business miracle. They are still debt-free. They've even maintained their bricks and mortar store through the pandemic. To get here, they've spread themselves thin and they're running out of time and money. Can they spend their way to success? Well, let's find out. Hi, I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. Over the years, I've heard that will never work thousands of times, but I've learned there are things we all can do to increase the chances that they will. So join me for That Will Never Work. Lauren and Jen, welcome to That Will Never Work. I love the fact that we have a pair of founders here. Always adds an interesting dynamic, and as uh, I believe, probably one of the stronger dynamics for a company. What I'd love you to do is tell me what you're working on and uh, tell me how I can help. All right, well, our company is Design Hive. We are an art and technology studio working in the edutainment atmosphere or realm. Um, <laughs> and we offer classes, camps, workshops, parties, events for the whole family. We do corporate events as well. Um, curriculum development, all sorts of things related to art and technology. That is a huge category. How yes. do I know what this stands for? It's, it's the integration. It's truly mm -hmm. the intersection of art and technology. So we have children, you know, build a wooden house, paint it, marble it, and then also wire a circuit with, you know, working light and code it so that when it's nighttime, the light will come on automatically, for example. Wow. <laughs> Oh, pretty cool. So yeah. it's very much like the left brain and right brain kind of hive place. Yes. Wow. Um, you also mentioned briefly kids. Is that the focus? Um, right now, it is more of the focus. We do have workshops and events that we do for adults. We have adult workshops in our class, in our studio. Um, we also, like Lauren said, we do corporate events. Um, but we go into schools. We've developed a STEAM curriculum, and we go into schools. We're working with three or four different schools right now. Um, so the majority of the planning and the curriculum development that we do is for K-8 schools. And I'm sorry, I'm just kind of catching up on what it is you do. So you alluded to STEAM. Yes. Um, and maybe I'm old and stodgy. I'm certainly familiar with STEM. Um, <laughs> what's the A? So the A is for art. Mm -hmm. um, and so STEAM I now, <laughs> I mean, it's like everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, the STEM was, is, is still, you know, very much in demand in schools and there's a big push for STEM. Um, but now we've integrated the A because we feel like there's a lack of design into the, the STEM education. And it also alienates a lot of students who feel like their strong suit is more design and art and are very valued in that STEM process. So you're part of a much, much larger movement to integrate art 
into um, integrate that with science and technology and engineering and math. Yes, absolutely. In authentic ways, like, you know, truly setting up creative opportunities for kids to engage, not just learn to code because your dad says coding is cool. We want creative <laughs> applications of code so kids have a genuine interest in what they're doing. So give me a sense of how you're doing, how you're doing. Uh, tell me, is this, what scale is this? How, uh, how big is this? We are, you know, we're at a funny point where we are busy. The, the whole business has been built on just the two of us working, teaching everything, doing all the corporate events. And so we're at a place where in order to grow, we have to be able to do more than our two schedules allow us, you know, to do. So we've actually thankfully been able to bring on some contractors, which has truly changed everything, like mm -hmm. not being essentially full-time. We left the teaching business, but then we're still essentially full-time teachers running the business in the background. So now we have some contractors that are doing the teaching, which allows us to do development because we're really like poised to grow, but it's all about strategizing and finding like where are the right avenues to pursue and, you know, chasing funding, of course, and things like that. We have a workshop that's our home base. We have a studio in Los Angeles. Um, and we kind of sprout from there and we run events on other campuses and we do things from here. Um, but yeah, we're, we started in 2020. We launched March 1st of 2020, um, which, you know, fabulous timing for um, a business that relies on people getting together in a small space. Um, and so we had to figure out from there what to do. And we pivoted to doing remote things and doing offsite events. And so truly, uh, you know, we're two years old now, but um, I feel like we're we're still we should be a toddler, but we're still a baby like we that year of pandemic um, shutdowns kept us from growing the way we wanted to. So I do feel like we have been in business for one year instead of two. So let's take the last two months. Was it mostly in studio? And if so, what kind of volume is this? In other words, is this a, a 10 uh people a, a, a day? Is this 100 a day? Is this, I, I just give me a sense of the order of magnitude. That's all I'm really trying to get a handle on. So first off, there's, there's the branches of Design Hive. So there is the student and school aspect. We're looking at, you know, each a few hundred kids at each of our sites. And currently, we have four schools mm -hmm. that we're serving. We also have like museum partners that we serve. But then another branch are, is like our corporate events. Fun fact for you, we did um, <laughs> one of our big events that we recently did was for Netflix. We did a Netflix Instagram event, which was our first like really big mm -hmm. corporate event. Um, and since then, we've had a few more of these corporate events, which tend to be a few hundred people, um, you know, per event. So you know, we're looking at a few hundred people, mm -hmm. whether it's kids or these corporate events, they tend to be in these groups of, mm -hmm. you know, anywhere from 30, like in a class, like 20, 20, 30 kids in a class, but like the whole school is like a few hundred. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get it. Yeah. And then when we're in studio, it's more like 10 people yes. a day. Yeah. So it's, our studio is small. Um, yeah. When we started the studio, we didn't plan for it to be this huge thing. It was just like, we had just left the, you know, teaching and we wanted to do our own studio. Basically, like we looked at starting a school, realized we didn't want to do that. Yeah. So we started uh, <laughs> the studio that played on our strengths, which were art, 
technology science. Um, and we really didn't see it as something that would serve more than like maybe like 20 or 30 people a day. It was like just a small uh, workshop for people to come. And then, uh, you know, one of the like silver linings of the pandemic was we reevaluated what we wanted to do. And that's when we started branching out and going to places. So like our studio is kind of a hub and then all these other things we do kind of branch off of it. So I think I kind of understand where you're coming from. Not 100%, but I have enough, I think, to go from here. So what is it that I could uh, possibly help you with today? So I mentioned we're at this sort of growth point. And considering how we started in the pandemic and that it's just been the two of us, I feel like our growth has actually been, you know, pretty positive and good. And we could continue along this way and continue to grow. We have no debt at the moment. So this is all, you know, bootstrapped, which is lovely, but, you know, we are technically underfunded. And so the position we're in now is, do we um, look for funding and sort of get like a big boost of funding so we could really see, you know, Design Hive 2.0, which involves, you know, a media, you know, media platform, something where we can share educational videos with teachers, apps, you know, an educational website, um, more studios, a subscription style, you know, uh, thing for our product. You know, that's the version 2.0 or 5.0, whatever you want to <laughs> call it. Do we seek funding for that and implement that immediately? Um, and then, you know, therefore take on the risk of having the debt and being, you know, beholden to investors or banks or whatever. Or do we continue at this pace, which is slower, but we have more control? Um, it's the growth is consistent. Right. Mm -hmm. That we've been seeing. Right. But, you know, like my fear is like, oh, do we miss, you know, are we not striking while the iron is hot by kind of taking, you know, the slower pace? So. Do we fund, um, do we, does it take money to make money sort of question? So you're framing the question um, along one dimension, which is that I either don't take the money, in which case it's slower and more deliberate and more controlled, or we take the money and we grow more quickly, but we're beholden to other people. And Yes, that's one of the axes that you use to consider does it make sense to uh, take funding uh, in terms of choosing where you want to be on that axis. Um, and if I was forced to choose where to sit on that axis, I most likely would advise people to be a little bit further toward the take risks. Don't worry about necessarily growing slowly so that you always can have control over things being uncomfortable is good for you. But I am not recommending that because I don't think you're looking at whether to take funding or not on the right axes. I don't think you guys know what your real business is yet. Um, and I will welcome you to tell me that I have no clue here. But I'm hearing you being all over the place. You have all kinds of different customer types. You have all kinds of different product types. And then you only have a few instances of each. In other words, there's no, rep no repetition. There's no uh, repeatable, no um, scalable model. And 
using money to accelerate that is disastrous. Because what you'll always do if you have more money is you'll keep chasing and you'll be accumulating more and more disparate things that all look interesting, that all potentially can be leveraged from your skills and your background. And you'll accumulate, like, I mean, you've, how many corporate customers do you have? Like six. Yeah. Six. Yeah. How many do you think there are? <laughs> oh, Two million to count. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's use two million. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you're now you're the STEM experts. What is six into two million? What percent is that? Uh, you don't even need to answer me, but you know it's a very, very, very okay. small number. So you will, let's call it X. Oh, this is fun. We can do math here. <laughs> let's call that number X. So you are X percent penetrated and already you're saying, oh, we need to do something else to expand our business. How many, how many schools are you in? Four. Yeah. How many schools are there in the country? Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call that ratio Y. <laughs> it's also very, 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 very small. So now you're Y percent penetrated into education and you're already saying, let's do something different. You're doing that classic problem where you have, you go, this is so cool. Imagine, if you will, all the things this could be. Let's all build them all at once. Mm -hmm. Th that is a disaster. It's a disaster with the resources you have, and it's Z times disaster, since we're doing algebra here. It's uh, to do, use borrowed money or equity money to do those things. You. I'm not saying don't try a bunch of these things, okay? The ideas you have are good ones, but you have to say, if I try these things, these are not ways I'm expanding my business. These are ways I'm really trying to figure out where the sweet spot of this business is. Mm -hmm. Where's the place where customers are beating down my door? I can't, the phone, phone won't stop ringing. Oh my God, Boeing just called. Oh my God, General Motors just called. I can't. We need to hire someone to field all these calls from these corporations who want this. And oh my gosh, I got the superintendent of Houston schools and Seattle schools, and they all want this. Once you, once you stumble on that, then call me and we'll talk about raising the money to allow you to pursue those ambitions. But you are a long, long, long way away from there. So that, that, the, the continuum of risk versus expansion, that's not the one you're on. You're on the continuum of how well, how far are you toward having, I know what my repeatable scalable business model is versus I'm still saying, I think I've got something the world wants. I don't know what form it takes. I don't know exactly how to price it. I don't know who the customer is. I don't really know how to sell that customer. I don't know how to get repeat business with the lifetime value of those customers are. There's so much stuff you have to learn before you raise money. And where this conversation is not beating you up about being all over the place as a business. Yeah. You're doing what every early stage business does. I'm just saying it's very, very clear in my opinion, it doesn't make sense to raise money now because you're at a phase where raising money would hurt you not help you. Mm. Yeah. That said, there's one small exception, which is that it is reasonable to say for us to adequately explore 
what we're trying to explore. That we really can't understand whether we want to be in the corporate market or we want to be in the educational market, or whether we want to be in the have people come to our studio market. I mean, whatever the different ways you have to, to, to potentially play. And we need to do some work to figure those things out. And we can't afford it right now using our, uh, our savings. You raise the minimal amount of money that you would need to do that. And you raise it from friends and family. And you raise it with the knowledge that this is exploratory funding, that this is purely going to be used for us to figure out what the core business is going to be, that we're going to run corporate events for another 12 months to understand what it takes to find a customer, how long it takes to land them, how big the opportunity are, is, how well we can land and expand. In other words, you've done one at Netflix. Netflix has seven or 8,000 employees. How many, empl and you did 200 employees, right? So you've got 6,800. Uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you've got still, you have 6,400, mm -hmm. uh, whatever the number is to go. Listen, had I known there'd be so much math in the show, I might have taken a different approach. But like you said, you guys are teachers. Um, but it, it, you, you, have a, you, have, you have a long way to go to understand, at, even at Netflix, because the value is not, we got an event from Netflix. What you want to demonstrate, hypothetically, is we got one event at Netflix, and that led to three more, and that led to 12 more, and that led to 30. Because then you say, we're a corporate business, and once we get one, it's so engaging, it spreads, it's a land and expand strategy. Mm -hmm. But you're not there yet. So don't spend money until you know where you're going and have some proof that it's lucrative in the areas you wanna go. Well, I said I'd give you a chance to tell me that I was uh, full of it. Am I, uh, <laughs> am I way off, am I missing the point here? I mean, your advice I think is like that's, that's great advice. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, we are- Not yeah, what like you I wanted said, to hear properly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're at that point where yes, like we do need a little influx of capital to help us like develop some new programs. But yeah, we also are first time business owners. We, we need advice. We need some mentorship to know where to go at this point. And, you know, like with facts and figures, what has like in the past what has worked and and where do we go and is it is it crowdfunding is it traditional sources why do you need to develop new programs or streamline products you know we currently have an etsy shop and running an etsy shop is truly just like it's or at least running our current etsy shop with our products it's we spend more time like prepping the product and paying etsy than what it's worth so the idea is well, what if we take our best sellers, streamline them, make them really nice, really like high end or not high end, but just more commercialized packaging. And then can we get it on Amazon? Can it get to Target? Can we do stuff like that and get rid of Etsy? You know, so that takes money or even just marketing to reach out to more museum partners, you know, or to be able just to have the time to develop some programs, unique programs for people. Um, we need to be able to pay the contractors or just, it seems like we need money. <laughs> so the danger of 
what I do sometimes is I form these opinions really quickly and then I um, argue them with great confidence and clarity, even if I may not be that confident or clear about it. Um, this is going to be one of those cases where it really scares me to hear you talk like that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I was working with you on an ongoing basis, I would be reining in your aspirations and saying, focus on one or two things and get them right. I'd be challenging the idea. Uh, listen, Etsy's hard, sure. But it's not, whether it's on Amazon, yes, it's great, but do you really need different product to be on Amazon? And maybe you believe you do, but doing that and promoting to museums and working on the corporate and working on the schools, it is just so much. And if, if you do raise money, and even calling it capital scares me because it makes it sound like it's going to be a lot, just be careful. That's all. Be careful. Don't think you need to raise money to figure out where the opportunity here is. Um, if you know, if Amazon has, if, has given you some evidence that if all you have to do is upgrade the product a little bit and learn how to shrink wrap it and change the manual from black and white to color, and that will be the difference between going from $100,000 in sales to $10 million in sales? Yeah, for God's sake, go for it. But don't do that on a hunch while you're simultaneously saying, we need to develop more, we, we'll get more business if we have more programs. Prove that to yourselves. I'm trying to make a meta lesson here about it, which is don't dream too big in too many areas simultaneously. And if you do, it's dreaming costs nothing, but once you begin spending money on all these things, um, you'll see, you'll realize that the nightmare is how quickly you can actually spend a lot of money on all this stuff and not end up where you expected to end up. And then you will be beholden to people. Maybe not as encouraging as go for it. No, it, it is though. It's good to hear any kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's good to hear feedback from someone who has, you know, <laughs> right. made businesses that have done well. And, and I've raised tons of money, but I've known exactly what I was doing when I did it. And even with the times when I raised money, because I didn't know what I was doing, I raised the smallest possible amount that would just allow me to discover whether there was something there or not. And then once I discovered it, I knew exactly the the minimum amount of money to now see, can I really make that scale a little bit? Extremely deliberate, extremely controlled. Uh, this business is saying no almost all the time to yourself, saying no to yourself, <laughs> saying all these things the two of you it's the downside of having a partner. You get excited and you're all sharing these ideas. You've got to say no to each other more times than uh, you say yes, because yes is really expensive, not just in money. Yes is really expensive in focus. And yes is really expensive in time. And you have way less focus and time than you need. And money is easier to get than the focus and the time. So. 
figure out really deliberately what is this business. It's fun now because you're doing all kinds of stuff, but if you want this to really scale, you've got to pick, not pick, learn what is this one area which is going to work. And then once you know that, and once you are struggling doing this thing with so few resources, but you've learned how it works, you know that it works, then pile it on. Then go for it, go big. But don't go big until you know exactly where the sweet spot is. From all senses, I don't think you're there yet. Okay, yeah. What I do really like is the fact that you guys know your domain, that you have stumbled onto something which clearly people want. The very fact that you have corporate customers who want it and museums who want it and schools who want it and people who come to your, uh, your hive that want it. There's a there there. So this is not pie in the sky. This is not crazy dreaming. You have something. <laughs> the piece that you're looking for is the go-to-market strategy, the productization piece of it. Um, and yeah. you've done the hard work. The next part is, um, is very, very doable. Good. I think so. <laughs> I do too. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. <laughs> very, very doable. Yes. If, yes. yes. We, we made it through these last two years. I think anything is doable. So I think, yeah. Well, yeah. in that case, you have the single most important ingredient that every entrepreneur needs, which is optimism and confidence. And I'm really delighted um, that you have that. So what I want you to do, though, is come back, um, I don't know, sometime in the coming year or so, and maybe you'll spend a few minutes and we can catch up on what happened. Uh, yes, and even if you say, the hell with that guy, and you come back and say, we raised all this money, I want to hear that too. I love <laughs> yes. being proven wrong. <laughs> that sounds great. We yeah. will hold you to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, many thanks for coming on. and. Sincerely, best of luck with this. I really want you guys to make it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank so you much. so much for the advice. We are going to digest it now and strategize. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Good luck. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you want to learn more, I encourage you to read my book, That Will Never Work, The Birth of Netflix and the Amazing Life of an Idea. It's coming out on paperback on June 7th, but it's available now for pre-order. And did you know there's also a video version of what you heard today? Check it out at YouTube forward slash Mark Randolph. New episodes every Tuesday. Got a question? Then what about joining me as a guest on the show? Paddle over to markrandolph.com forward slash guest. And while you're there, add your name to my mailing list so I can dribble some entrepreneurial hints, tips, and secrets into your inbox. And finally, if you're like me and have the attention span of a goldfish, Follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and yes, even TikTok. There's going to be some awesome book giveaways to celebrate the paperback edition.